1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: Welcome back in here on a Thursday afternoon. All right, uh, we're gonna update this story out of Alabama first. And then this gold heist story is so interesting <laughs> out of Toronto that we'll get to coming up. I love a good heist story. Uh, but we talked about this one quite a bit when this happened about whether Carly Russell, who admitted to faking her own kidnapping, should be charged, should have to pay restitution. What should have to happen? Uh, everything has happened. Yeah,
3: Yes, and restitution it is. And it's not cheap either. She's going to have to pay $18,000 in restitution. And it's for exactly the reasons that we talked about, because you've got a, a large police response to something like this. And I mean, you're you're taking people away from their normal duties and you're causing um, resources to be used. So they, they just tallied up. OK, you caused this many resources to be used. Here's your bill for 18 grand.
2: I like it. I like that. Oh, that's yeah. what we're starting to do more is to hold people responsible for that. She also pleaded guilty or was found guilty of two misdemeanor charges related to the case. Uh, judge sentenced her to spend a year in jail also. We are not for two misdemeanors. Uh huh. Oh, okay. I guess in
3: Alabama, that's I, that's a bigger deal. Now, I I wonder if that's going to be suspended. If that's yeah. going to be the kind of thing of you know go forth and sin no more, and if in the next ten years we don't <laughs> see you again, then uh-huh. uh, then we'll go ahead and suspend that. But yeah, I mean the the money itself is significant, and the other thing I think that this sets very clearly in, in very stark relief is the fact that you don't necessarily have to call the cops yourself in order to be on the hook for this. Because if I remember right, this, the information came through her friend that she called and, and told I'm being kidnapped or words to that effect.
2: Yeah. We may need to remind people of this case from July about what happened here. Um, But uh, do do do. She was found guilty of filing a false police report and falsely reporting the incident where she reported seeing a child walking on the interstate before she went missing. Two days later, she shows back at her home in Hoover, Alabama, and that's when she tells police she had been abducted.
3: And that there was no kid. Right. They, they, they later found out, that yeah, well, whoever the kid was that she said that she found wandering. The initial story was she had seen this kid wandering around, and the kid was effectively bait. And that when she got out to help, that's when she was abducted and taken away. But none of that was true.
2: Um, Boy, these text messages are interesting, too. Authorities uncovered several text messages from her in the day leading up to her disappearance, such as, you have to pay for an Amber Alert, um, a search for a one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville, as well as the plot to the movie Taken that involves the abduction of a girl. (laughs) What I haven't heard out of her yet is why. Yeah, what the goal of this was. Was it
3: just attention?
1: Was
3: yeah. It was it just nobody's paying any attention to me, and I'll make them do it this way. Um, uh, yeah, and we may never know. I mean, that's the kind of thing that if if that was the case, if it's just I want people to look at me, they're never going to admit that.
2: That's very expensive attention. Mm-hmm. I hope it was worth it because that's right. eighteen thousand dollars worth of attention. So I hope it. I hope it was good for you. Um, okay, moving on to the story out of Toronto. I love heist stories. I just love them and this was this was incredible because it was 23 million dollars in gold and banknotes that were taken from the Toronto airport and a lawsuit now has been filed over this heist alleging how this may have happened.
3: It was so. Simple, which it Mm -hmm. should not be under any circumstance. You'd figure that that much money, and you're right. I mean, it was banknotes and, uh, what was it, 50? The banknotes themselves, get this, just the actual, like, whether they're bearer bonds or whatever, the actual banknotes weighed 53 kilos. That's not the gold. That's the paper, okay? It was that much money. Uh, and that was along with 400 kilos of gold valued at more than $20 million. All of this stuff was coming in, and it was under two different uh, labels, I guess. The money was declared as banknotes all run together in capital letters for for purposes of the, the uh, travel manifest. And then the gold was listed as gold bars. Well, the two shipments... Were combined together in one air cargo container that was about the size of a large office desk, and when the plane landed, the shipping container was unloaded and moved to Air Canada's bonded warehouse at the edge of the airport. At which point, they said somebody showed up with a fake waybill and said, "Yeah, a fake receipt. Yep, here you go. Here's here's my stuff. Uh, where is it?" And they said, "Oh, it's right over there." They went and got it, loaded it up, and disappeared. Didn't check. Nope. Um,
2: So this was coming from, this was headed from Zurich to the US, which is why there was a plane involved. Brink's security system claims, no security protocols or features were in place to monitor, restrict, or otherwise regulate the unidentified individual's access to the facilities. And although appropriate inquiries would have entirely avoided the thief's ability to steal the cargo, Air Canada staff made no attempt to verify the authenticity of this Waybill
3: in any way. And how do you not have something on there that you can scan or yeah. or some other verification for something like that? Now, the fact that somebody had a printed-up Waybill that matched the shipments mm-hmm. says inside job to me. It's got to be. Yeah. Somebody yeah. knew exactly what was coming, exactly where it was going to be, and exactly what was going to have to be on the manifest for them to show to be able to get it out. And they had all of that. So unless we're talking to Ocean's Eleven here, you know, th- this is somebody who knew what was going on because they had prior knowledge of it.
2: Um, yeah. And to also have the vehicle there to transport <laughs> to all to of transport that. It.
3: And by the way, did it say Brinks on the side of it is another question that I have. I was <laughs> right. you know, like, did somebody just show up in their Toyota?
2: So how do you like being the guy whose job it was uh-huh. to check? And double check and make sure that this way bill was actually where it was. And how did they like what a chance you're taking that you create this fake receipt, hoping the guy just isn't going to double check. Like what happens if he did? You're taking the chance that aren't you going to be
3: arrested for. You know what, though, in its own way, that also points to inside job, because that means somebody knew they weren't going to check.
2: OK, so that has me asking inside job for somebody that worked for, with somebody that worked for
3: the airport in the warehouse. Yeah, Somebody somebody who worked for Air Canada at some point and knew how that warehouse worked, knew what they checked and what they didn't. You, you'd have to you'd have to know everything that's going to be a red flag for them so that you can avoid all of them.
2: So then I also ask if you were transporting. Eight hundred eighty pounds of gold, which is what the conversion was, <laughs> yeah. and two million dollars in U.S. banknotes. Are you not going to have extra? Is is it just a receipt that you show and that's it to be able to get? A, shouldn't there be extra things in place to
3: make sure? Right, or or is it just a matter of they see so much go through that warehouse? I mean, it's a bonded warehouse, so anything right. that goes through there is going to be high value. So maybe $20 million worth of gold isn't that rare. You know, another movie reference is like The Italian Job. Okay, if you know when the shipment's coming in and you know right around how much it's going to be, is that the kind of thing that that goes in and out of that place every single week or every month or whatever, and they just happen to know which day that that shipment was on its way through?
2: As far as I can tell uh the gold and the money has never been found
3: not yet nope or and they have no trace of anybody involved yet
2: again like i i guess if you know what you're doing you're going to be able to overcome all these but like there's only one checkpoint yeah there's only one place you got to check like shouldn't there be whatever vehicle they were taking it all out in shouldn't there have been a point where that vehicle has to drive in i mean an airport's supposed to be secure
3: I was just about to say, how do you even get onto airport grounds? Un- yeah. Unless they're, yeah, you'd think that their bonded warehouse would have to still be on airport grounds. Why, why on earth would you put it someplace less secure? Right. Or at the very least have the same level of security Yeah. as, as airport
2: grounds would be. I'm just, yeah. So in the lawsuit, um, they asked for, I'm looking to see who the, who the lawsuit exactly was filed by. Oh, Brinks. Said it provided written notice of its losses to Air Canada and demanded full reimbursement, but didn't get a response. No kidding. That's why they're seeking <laughs> damages covering the value of the stolen cargo and the two million dollars for the banknotes, which works out to about twenty-three million Canadian dollar, which is twenty million U.S. Uh,
3: uh, yeah, probably right around there. It's close. Yeah, the Canadian dollar's not quite as valuable as the U.S. dollar, but it's closer than it has been.
2: I, yeah, I, I'm just, I can't believe it was that easy to be able to get that done. It just fascinates. No doubt. So. Anyway. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, coming up in the next part of the show here, uh, the Adderall shortage is continuing. Not only do we have a problem with a lack of pharmacists, we have a lack of a couple of the drugs that people are looking for. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. So pharmacies are dealing with pharmacists that don't want to be on the job, that are walking off the job, not getting enough support from their bosses. And with that, also, the shortage of Adderall continues, and there doesn't seem to be a logical explanation for it right now.
3: No, and uh, the the United States Congress isn't terribly happy about that uh, because we have a lot of people who depend on that drug to be able to keep their head together during the day. So uh, right now, uh, let's see, the Food and Drug Administration and a group of House Democrats are demanding an explanation as to what the FDA is doing to address the shortage of Adderall, which was declared exactly a year ago. So it's been a year and they still haven't been able to keep up. But, I I mean, is this something that the the pharmaceutical companies themselves are having a problem with or what's going on? So I have the story
2: out of Channel 9. Um, That says stimulants like Adderall are categorized as controlled substances. And because of that, the FDA tightly regulates their distribution, only releasing a particular amount into the market to prevent an overabundance of those regulated substances. Does the FDA not realize how many people need it? Like, I feel like the FDA, like it's the bartender doesn't want you to get drunk, so they're not going to give you as much access to alcohol. Like, do they not realize how many people need it and you
3: need to put more of it out there? Right. Did they overregulate the market by saying, yeah. okay, we're only putting this much out there when what we need on the market is this much to, to match the number of prescriptions that are written? Because I, I can see where they're saying, I mean, Adderall abuse is something that college campuses have been famous for for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, because it's a stimulant, it, it keep you up and you study longer or whatever. Um, but there are a couple of things that apparently went into the shortage, according to the Hill, the largest supplier of Adderall in the U S Teva uh, pharmaceuticals cited ongoing supply disruptions and issues at one of its manufacturing facilities. Uh, they said the issue has since been resolved, but they're still struggling to keep up with what they missed.
2: Yeah. I saw that they also slowed production during the pandemic Yep. because we didn't need as much. People were at home and I don't know if just post that year, I don't want to say post pandemic, but post that year, did use of it or need for it just dramatically go up because i again i I say this i don't think we know the effects of the pandemic yet long term of the effects of that disruption in our lives yet and did that prompt more people to need it because of the mental health struggles that came from being kind of locked in for so long
3: yeah seemingly so because they also mentioned the fact that uh in addition to the disruption in supply The FDA also was citing record high prescription rates of stimulant products that are worsening the problem. So as we're continuing to try to recover from a a poor supply, more prescriptions are being written for it than ever before. So they're trying to to get back to to normal when what we need now is even more than normal.
2: If you're having trouble getting a hold of it, 913-586-7798. The other thing I think that's going on, and this is just based on people I know, is that we have more adults now being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. Sure. It used to just be kids. That used to be just something we thought about in kids, but now more adults are being diagnosed and it's becoming more acceptable for adults to be diagnosed with it. That stigma isn't there as much. And so we're just, more people just have that now than used to. But the only thing I wonder about is um, Adderall is not the only drug out there to treat ADHD and, and ADD sure. there are
3: other drugs so they're all in the same family though they're they're all stimulants and they all have the ba- the same basic ingredients so if they're having trouble supplying the stimulant that's at the at the very basis of it then yeah it's going to cause problems with things like R- Ritalin I'm, I'm sure is one of the ones that's that, the other big know, one yeah um heard of in the past so yeah they, uh, they're fairly closely related which is why they're used for the same thing. So what are you doing
2: about it? I mean, if you're somebody that needs it and you can't get a hold of it, what do you do? Um, Because the only thing that I've heard people doing is lacking having as much as they need. Either they just take less to make their prescription last longer, or you just have to start doing behavioral things to try to be able to keep your focus. And, And that only works sometimes, and it just takes a lot more effort. Some people need that chemical regulation more than just changing behaviors
3: yeah so if you've you've got some experience with it and I mean especially if you've got experience right now with running into supply problems 913-586-7798 exactly how bad is the problem at the moment
2: yeah and what are you doing in order to be able to um, address it then and and I'm also curious children versus adults I think it's easier to tell an adult you have to Just kind of figure it out, whereas with kids that need to focus in school, we don't tell them that as much. You also don't want to go back and forth in terms of dosages on a drug like that. You don't want to have somebody get used to one amount and then not be able to take it for a while and then have to go back to it. That's that's not a drug you want to mess with that way. Right, So
3: right. Yeah, somebody on the text line said there, there are other drugs that are used for ADHD that are not stimulants uh, and mentioned one called Concerta. I've never heard of that one, but, yeah, the two big ones, Ritalin and Adderall, both are.
2: So the FDA needs to change what it's doing. Yep. and Which is probably what Congress is going to instruct them on. So if you have experience with this, feel free to uh, give us a call. In the meantime, uh, there's a story out about Gen Z. Um, about when Gen Z expects to retire. And I say, good on you. We have callers on hold, so we'll get to them here in a second. Yeah, Um, Gen Z expects to retire at the age of 61.
3: (laughs) Good for you. Uh, That's a nice expectation. Dreams are are nice things to have. Um, Recognizing the fact that housing prices are so unbelievably far out of whack to the point where, I mean, we've seen story after story about people who are Gen Z who are saying, I don't ever plan on buying a house. Cause I know I'm never going to be able to afford one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you ju- juxtapose that against, but I'm going to retire when I'm 61 w- uh, really. And, and live in what, uh, yeah. and how.
2: Yeah. Uh, millennials said they expect to retire at 64. Gen X said 65. Being reasonable and and 65 seems optimistic to me right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I've always been told, don't expect Social Security to be there. So, right. Cause it probably, who knows? It'd be nice, but you never know. So, great. Retire at 61. Good job.
3: Yeah. If you can pull nice it dream. off, if you can pull it off, let us know how to do it. Yeah, really. I mean, absolutely. if you can, if you've got that going. Let's go to Madeline in Kansas City. Hi, Madeline.
4: I wanted to go back to the Adderall shortage.
3: Please, please. Yeah.
4: Um, So I've been prescribed it for many, many years. um, And I had heard about the shortage before I had actually experienced it. Um, And I just started with calling my pharmacy, telling them to refill the prescription and they said they don't have it. So the first thing that they tell you to do is um, check with other pharmacies. They might have it. So, okay, you're looking at all these other pharmacies. Then you'll call other pharmacies sometimes you'll get uh we can't disclose that information to you unless your prescription is already here uh but you don't want to wait three days for your prescription to get moved over there by your doctor if they don't have it in stock um so that's out some people answer it that way uh some other ones will tell you that uh you should check outside of the county because Maybe they have it out there, but Johnson County just doesn't have it right now. Or the region, like you just get all of these different messages um, from all these different pharmacies. And luckily, I uh, commute to and from Johnson County to Shawnee County. So somewhere to be a Walgreens if I'm just determined enough to actually call all of them. Um, but it's very, very frustrating because that's been going on for two years. And once a month, I don't know if I'm going to have to fight with a million pharmacies right. and my doctors or or if it's going to be easy. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't.
3: Well, right. And that's exactly what you want somebody on ADD to have to or somebody with ADD to have to do is call every Walgreens <laughs> in town, right? <laughs> While exactly. you're out of your meds. Exactly. Wow, yeah, it's something uh, that you have to uh,
4: really, really stay on top is,
3: of. Is are, are your doctors saying anything about when this, when they think this might get better?
4: Um, no, my my psychiatrist hasn't said anything. Uh, when it did start, she told me that there was a new med that we could maybe switch me to, and it had some really weird name. I don't remember what it was, um, but you could only get it from this. One, very specific pharmacy, because that's how new it was. Um, And that was too much for my ADHD brain. I couldn't. I was like, okay, I know Walgreens, and I know this drug, and I'm just going to call the Walgreens.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally understand. Madeline, thank you. Yeah, I mean, when you finally get that balance right, the last thing yeah. you want to do is mess with it. it mess with your dosage to try to make it last longer or try a different drug. I, I did look up Concerta, by the way, and it, it is also a stimulant. So, okay. uh, yeah. So, again, it goes back to the, the same. It's it's put together a little bit differently. It doesn't use amphetamine salts like some of the other ones do, but it, it effectively goes after the same result the same way.
2: All right. We have callers on hold. We have to get to a break. Hang with us for a couple minutes. We'll get to your calls next on KMBZ.
0: Call from mom.
2: Not enough out there, having a hard time getting a hold of it. What's the effect of that? I mean, if you genuinely need it and can't get a hold of it, what are you doing differently?
3: We'll go back to it and head to Belton where Morgan is listening in. Hello, Morgan. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How's your situation?
0: So I have an 11-year-old son who, when he was five was sinus with ADHD. And kind of like the previous caller had said, you know, you kind of got to figure out what medicine works for you. We finally found something that actually truly works for him. And then during COVID, we have had that struggle of not being able to find it. I, luckily enough, had family in St. Louis who called local pharmacies and was like, Hey, do you have this? And I drove for four hours to St. Louis to get the prescription because nobody here had anything. Or if they did, they only had 12 pills. We lost it on the rest of the month's prescription because it is a controlled substance it can only be filled every 30 days due to insurance.
3: Yeah, and then you're going to yeah. go through the hassle of them saying, "No, you can't refill it. You just refilled it 2 weeks ago."
0: Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, that's been a battle we've had to fight.
3: Wow. Uh, yeah, I I don't I wouldn't wish driving to St. Louis on anybody Morgan, so I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's your son. You got to do what you got to do, right?
0: Exactly. I you know, I told him I'd drive to the moon and back, but How
3: crazy. how Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How bad is the situation still?
0: Um it's kind of like the previous caller said, you still have to hope and pray that they have the prescription. Um, right. You know, I'm at that point where I have family that didn't live in St. Louis, that I'm like, hey, will you go pick it up and mail it to me?
3: <laughs> really? So I don't Fed, have to drive. Just FedEx it over, sure. Yep. Uh, so well, that's,
0: I mean, it's still been an issue, but, I mean, you find it very rarely, but. Okay.
3: So. Well, well, good luck to you, Morgan. I, I, yeah, I hope that, I mean, sooner or later, they're going to get this straightened out. Uh, and when Congress is breathing down your neck, that's usually the time when you get it straightened out. But in the meantime, there's going to be a lot of people in the same boat with her. So is the
2: result of that they tell the FDA, loosen your grip and, rele- and put more of it out there? It, I mean, what's, what's the outcome of that?
3: Yeah, it, it definitely could be that of them saying, look, uh, you know, go source it somewhere else. We've seen that happen, too, where if you can't get it here, find out where you can. You know, go to Holland, go to you know, wherever you have to go to be able to get this stuff uh, and source it worldwide and and bring it here. Make sure that it's up to snuff, that the, you know, the dose in each pill is even and all of that stuff. And as soon as you make those kinds of determinations, get it out there.
2: Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for getting in. Hopefully, um, you'll find what you need there. Moving on, I feel like the only story I see about Disney lately is that they're raising prices. Do they do it like every three months? I see, feel like we see stories all <laughs> the time about that is all I know about Disney for the last year is them rising, raising prices and they've done it again.
3: Yep. Yeah. And and we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, where, where they had done another price increase. So now, yeah, they're at it again. Um, and, what they can't do anymore, because they changed the way they do business a while back, I mean, we're talking 30, 40 years ago, is there's no way that they can limit services. Like a ticket into Disney World, you get the same thing everybody else gets with a ticket to Disney World. They, they have the line cutter passes and things like that, but I think that's with every ticket now. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what else they can do. if they're. Fi- I guess my question would be, why is it that Disney finds themselves in need of more money all the time? So
2: they just did. Um, they made an announcement. They plan to invest sixty billion dollars into the theme park business over the next ten years. Okay. So is that what they're doing? Setting it sounds all that like it. Yeah. Money aside,
3: they're just setting up to to re up um, and maybe open another park. Who knows?
2: So at what point does this price hit a point where people will no longer pay that? <laughs> yeah. um, because they just raised annual passes, or they're going to. They're going to raise annual passes. Between 30 and 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, depending on the pass. It, it's confusing because there are so many different ways to get into the park. Parking is gonna go up by five dollars. Yeah. Um, the standard ticket option will remain at 109.
3: Here's what I think they're gonna start doing because I'm I'm glad you mentioned that about it, The annual pass. I didn't even I wasn't aware that they were still doing annual passes what my suspicion would be is that they're going to follow the rest of the market. You'll still pay the same price, but it'll be a season pass instead of an annual oh. pass.
2: Ew. Yep. Um who buys an annual pass to Disney?
3: Florida residents.
2: People that live in Florida? Yeah. Okay. That that's it. Okay. Um the annual passes will increase by 3 to 21% depending on the plan. Um, with the highest annual offering, the Inspire Pass going up to 1650 dollars. Yeah, I I just and and we'll get to a story here. There's a guest that went to Disneyland, not Disney World, that said it's absolutely not worth it. Are you still going? If, if that is that at that price point, and with them raising it that much, is there a point where you say no, we're not doing this?
3: You yeah, well, yeah, and, and I can understand it with Disneyland. Disneyland is a much smaller park. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's by itself where the Florida complex, especially if you get the park hopper passes, you've got uh, an old kingdom. You've got the Magic Kingdom. You've got Epcot. You've got, uh, I mean, all kinds of different parks that are under the, the Disney banner there. where in California in Anaheim. They, there's just no room to put anything else.
2: Yeah. So the Daily Mail picked this up out of Reddit. Um, and they jo- the Daily Mail just has a field day with this yeah. because there's this visitor to Disneyland that went off about how it absolutely was not worth the price. And
3: the, And the two, well, I guess three uh, countries that you can expect if you go to Disney World in Florida on any given day, but especially during peak season, um, you're gonna see three different countries way overrepresented in terms of the rest of the world. Uh, Great Britain, Ireland mm-hmm. and Brazil. They I will, Brazil. Uh, you boy. I wish I knew, but boy, you you will see those green flags, the Brazilian flags, all over the place. Tour groups is what it is, and I I don't know why the Brazilian tour groups are the ones that are always there, but boy, are they? Um, and and so yeah, not surprising to see the Daily Mail get in on this because <laughs> they know that. I mean, that's if you live in Great Britain, that's where you want to go on vacation is to Disney World.
2: So some of the complaints were they experienced a 20 minute to one hour wait time at the park. That's not even for the rides, just just for some of the other stuff. Yeah, Yeah. just to get in Uh, the quality of rides. They did manage to get on. They just didn't like. They said the ride technology and themed areas are on par with places like Universal Studios that cost a lot less.
3: And so they may as well just go to Universal. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's the that is the other Disney park in uh, in California. It's the Magic Kingdom and MGM. Um, MGM Studios out there and the one in Florida are both owned by uh, or both. You know, it's Those are Disney theme parks. But, yeah, they're right. I mean, Universal Studios for my dollar? Mm-hmm. Oh, head and shoulders above MGM.
2: I've done Disney one time, two times, as an adult, both times. And I don't think – I think I paid one time. Um, but the first time – it was just like a media pass or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I'll t- go check this
3: out. I tell you what, we have not been in, in a few years, but, and I, I I didn't set it up for this year, maybe next year, uh, Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights is just uh, it's so much fun. It, it's 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 tremendous. And they let you broadcast from there, so. <laughs> oh, cool. So, okay, now that would be cool. Yeah, oh, it was. I Doing mean, a it, show from Disney or from Universal would be cool. The, the best thing about it for uh, from my memory is that the studio they had us in um, was the Jaws studio. So on the, on the ceiling, on one side of the studio, there was a giant shark mouth, like, coming into the studio is great. Uh, but, yeah, they, I mean, they, they have a lot of fun with it, and the Halloween Horror Nights is just the absolute best. They have people running around, you know, running chainsaws and stuff and chasing people around. <laughs> so much fun.
2: Somebody just texted us a link that I just clicked on that, yeah, there's a new Disney-sized theme parks in the works. It's going to Oklahoma.
3: This is owned by
2: Disney. I'm trying to figure out if this is from Disney. Disney, Disney Disney Disney-sized.
3: But that doesn't mean it's a Disney property. Uh, The
2: American Heartland Theme Park in Northeast Oklahoma. Okay. 1,000-acre development will include 125-acre theme park, 300-room hotel, and indoor water park. It's set to open in two phases, the first in spring of 2025 and the second in 2026.
3: Do we know who Uh, owns it?
2: heartland america theme park let me look and see who owns let's see this is going to be harder colin I'm saying this like maybe we can figure out who owns it um so they're saying it's it's the size of disney it's it gets you right up there they said doo, 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 where'd that go um just a bit bigger than magic kingdom
3: okay yeah, in Magic so, Kingdom, I mean, that's that. it's more than fair size for a theme park. It's actually pretty big. Uh, and that was the first one in Orlando. Uh, Epcot was second, and then I think they did, oh, boy, MGM Studios after that, and then uh, it was the animal experience, the zoo park.
2: I like the idea of putting it in the Midwest. That way, people that don't want to fly to Florida or California just, can
3: drive and get here. Right now, the closest thing we've got is Eureka, you know, the Six Flags and eureka e- eureka missouri i
2: have never heard the name of that before oh it's okay. uh
3: 30 miles outside of st louis
2: oh okay i i knew that i i knew that there was a thing outside of st louis i didn't know eureka was the town
3: yeah uh yeah the, the six flags uh and and it's it's okay but again it's much smaller and doesn't have anywhere near the extent uh of the number of rides and quality and all of that it's kind of old and knackered but it's fun i mean you can go for it yeah day all right uh we'll take a break here
2: to wrap the hour uh we have a delorean out of 1981 that has a very low mileage point on it get to that coming up here on kmbz
0: wait a minute wait a minute doc Uh, are you telling me that you built a
2: time machine
0: out of a delorean the way i see it if you're gonna build a time machine into a car why not do it some style
2: that is the only reason most of us know what a DeLorean is, and we all expect it to look like it did in the movie.
3: Yeah, uh, and this one does, but well, except without all of the fancy stuff and the Mr. Fusion on the back, but just amazing. Yeah, a story out of Crystal Lake, Illinois, where Jason lives, uh, and they said that uh, this guy bought a DeLorean in 1981 and took it home and just... Left it. It's the ultimate barn find. It was actually in a barn or a little, you know, kind of a small warehouse. And the guy would, you know, go out and look at it occasionally, you know, just to you know see how it was doing, but just never drove it or never drove it a lot because here we are. Boy, 1981 was how many years ago? 43. 42. Yeah, 42. 42 years ago. And it has 977 miles on the odometer. Original. That's it.
2: They think it had been parked for about 20 years, so long it had started to sink into the ground.
3: (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah, so we're going to need new tires uh, and a couple of other things, but they said that um, because it wasn't out in the sun, because it had a roof over it, yeah, I mean, things like rubber parts, those are going to deteriorate, and cars really do need to start up every so often to keep the fluid circulating through them. But what really tends to go wrong is that if you leave a car outside, like out in a field, the mm-hmm. in the interior just gets wrecked because the sun is beating on it all day, every day. And over a period of time, it breaks down the leather or the vinyl or the cloth or whatever's on the inside, and they just they 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 look awful. But this one doesn't, outside of finding a mouse inside, which is <laughs> which probably not that. ideal. Uh, but he yeah, said the rest of the interior is actually
2: in really good shape. So they found it in Waukesha County in southern Wisconsin. Um, and the guy's name is Michael McElantin. Sure, we'll go with that. No clue, no <laughs> clue how to, how to get to that one. Michael, we'll just call him Michael. He owns DeLorean Midwest, a restoration company. He said he got a phone call from, Mex- from New Mexico that this might be hidden up there. Uh, and he said it was really close to him. So he thought he would go check it out. And then he just describes, you know, you open the barn door and the first thing you see is the mouse, like you said. Um, and then he said the condition of the leather, the instruments, um, a lot of the places that you'd normally see sun damage, like you said, not there yeah. totally. Okay.
3: Yeah. And the, the plastic that they used, uh, for things like covering over the, the clear plastic that they used back in the early eighties for covering over the instrument panel and other things inside the interior of the car was famous for turning Brown. If you left it out in the sun, That was one of the first things that would go bad. It would start to get milky and then it would just turn brown and opaque, but that hasn't happened to this. It's still as clear as it was the day that that car was made. What is this worth? Oh, what is this car worth? You see, that's, it's a great question because there isn't anything else like it. You're never going to see another 1981 DeLorean with less than a thousand miles on the clock. There's really nothing to compare it to now. All the things that we just talked about, the rubber, uh, whether it's on the tires or or hoses or things like that, that's all going to have to be replaced. And the more of that that you replace, if you don't use actual factory original new old stock parts, you'll lose value if you do that. But you have to do it in order to be able to get it back into running condition. So if they do, it's going to be expensive to do that. I, I would say, boy, something like that, if you get it back into concourse condition, that's a $50,000, maybe $60,000 car.
2: I thought you were going to say higher than that. I thought the low mileage would make it worth a lot more.
3: It does. Uh, but uh, let me, I'll tell you what, I'll look up Hemmings right now and see what a, just an average DeLorean is getting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we can kind of talk about it from there. Because you're right, I may be low on that. Uh, I mean, I know see. nothing about
2: car value, so don't listen to me for a second. He,
3: well, DeLoreans, they had a lot of problems. Um they were kind of underpowered for what they were, so they the, even the collector's models uh, or the collector market for DeLoreans isn't that massive, uh, and you kind of need that. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of interest because of Back to the Future. Right. Um, I'm seeing one here that's a 1981 for $44,500. Uh, somebody's got one that, okay, well, here you go. Uh, here's another 1981 DeLorean. Let me see if this one mentions the mileage. But this one is in concourse condition. Uh, 4,234 actual miles. And they're asking close to 100,000 for it. 97,998.
2: Somebody just texted there's one for sale with 1,900 miles for 93K.
3: There you go. So, yeah, he may get $100,000 wow. out of it.
2: Or he just keeps it. I mean, maybe that's something that you just kind of hold on to. If he Yeah, right,
3: because he's the he's the dealer, right? So, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that is just going to be his showroom piece.
2: And don't you wonder what happened? How it happened that nobody drove it yeah. for 20 years and that it just sat there?
3: You'll see those. I mean, there's a guy, not to go telling stories out of school, but there was, there's a guy in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, who was a Chrysler dealer back in the 50s and still has a few cars from back then. They're not in this kind of condition. But, uh, yeah, I think he and his son were trying to sell off the last of theirs just over the last couple of years.
2: Wow, so interesting. All right, then a couple of quick stories here to wrap this up. Uh, go to California for this one. You and I both saw this one this morning about the loaded gun and where it was found and <laughs> and what was in the box with it.
3: What's in the box? Yeah, uh, pizza box. Okay, the the weird part about this story is that, The guy was pulled over by the cops, and uh, the reason why they searched the car is because he had several guns, and they eventually found a bunch of drugs and other things in there as well. He had, you know, baggies full of pills and all this stuff. But as they were searching the car, they also found a handgun in a pizza box on top of the pizza. They even put a picture of it with the article from the police. Uh, They took a picture of this thing. But what I can't figure out is, okay, why hide that gun? If all the other ones were in full view, why are you yeah. hiding that one? And don't you want to know how that happened? <laughs> yes. Like,
2: who just said, because at the very least, if you're trying to hide it, put it under the pizza. Uh-huh. But it's just sitting right
3: on top. Yep. They said, like, du- oh, they're never going to look there. During the stop, deputies said they found a sawed off shotgun two handguns, one of which was concealed inside the pizza box, methamphetamine, Xanax, cocaine, and fentanyl. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's like, what are we going to do with the gun? I don't know, put it on top of the pizza. Sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it makes me think, like, that was the only one they were able to hide <laughs> yeah, right. they were, when they were, they were being pulled on. over. I was
3: like, oh, no, the cops are here.
2: Because the rest of them were probably just sitting at... This doesn't sound like a smart group of people that no. were pulled over here, especially given the uh, the drug load that was in the car with them. So you got to think the other the other guns were just sitting out, and they're like, eh, can we make it seem like there's at least one one less here?
3: Yes, or, or maybe they were figuring they'll be so preoccupied with the other guns, we'll be able to, you know, keep this one back. Uh, but yeah, Danny Carson, age 47, well old enough to know better. Also had this is the driver of the car had a misdemeanor warrant, so he's driving with a warrant, and he's the one that's driving the car full of guns and drugs. Yeah, you're right. They're boy, they're sharp as tacks, aren't they? Yes, always. Okay, uh, is the story
2: about the platypus? Is this out of Australia? Yes. Oh boy. Okay.
3: Um, I I didn't know that platypuses, however you pluralize that word, I, I didn't know they were venomous. I didn't know that they are. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Good. I'm glad you had the same reaction to that news that I did. Google that now. Because apparently, uh, yeah, this woman was driving along and saw a platypus in some kind of distress in a ditch alongside the road and figured she would do what she could to help the platypus. And I I, I likely would have done the same thing because, you know, you see them in cartoons every so often and they're They're cute cute. and yeah, Yeah. they're kind of weird looking, but sure. And they're all fuzzy. So why not? Well, the reason why not is what she rapidly found out because she did it barehanded. And when she picked it up, it kind of wriggled around a little bit because it wasn't happy about having this human being come up and just pick it up. Mm -hmm. And when it did, it gashed her across the hand. Apparently on both of their back legs, they have a spur that it can inject venom. And that's what it did. So she ends up with this big gash across her hand. Now, the good news is... The venom isn't enough to kill a human being. It's not deadly to us. It's probably deadly to things platypuses eat but or try to get away from. But um, they said it causes excruciating pain. And there's really no antidote for it because it doesn't kill you. And I guess they didn't figure that was a priority. So if you get gashed like she did and end up with this platypus venom injected into you, you kind of just have to ride it out
2: doesn't australia have enough to worry about <laughs> yes. the platypus is something they have to the, is again everything in australia wants to kill you even the cute fuzzy
3: things, even the cute little creatures yes uh so yeah keep that in mind and never try to pick one up without like chain mail or something
2: okay yes the platypus is one of f- the few living mammals to produce venom this is weird. I'd never heard any of this so, before.
3: yeah, they they produce venom. They lay eggs. They do a bunch uh-huh. of unmammal-like things, uh, and they have a leathery beak. So yeah, I, I can't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> it it just yeah, they they don't make any sense at all, and yet here they are. <laughs>
2: no, I got to close this out because now this is fascinating. Um, it is primarily made during the mating season, uh, and it's usually the boys. It's the males. The the girl for the girls, the venom glands, they fall off at some point. Oh, okay. But they stay for the men. Isn't
3: it always? We're, we're the problem. It's always us guys.
2: Yes. Um, all right. That's yeah, I'm gonna close out Wikipedia. <laughs> all right. Um Chiefs play tonight, seven fifteen. Jason Aldean is at T Mobile Center. That's gonna be a big concert tonight as well. I thought I heard a helicopter earlier overhead. That may mean Taylor
3: Swift is here. We're, we're going to expect a full review on the game and the Taylor Swift uh, craziness tomorrow on the program.
2: Can't wait. Can't wait. All have right, uh, everybody, have a good night. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow here on KMBZ.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.